0: Hello everyone, I'm Miles, and this is Uni Life with Canvas Them. This week we are joined by a very special guest, Joe Adams. Hi Joe. Hi Miles. How how's your day been?
1: It's been fine, thanks. Same as ever at the moment, but um <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sometimes those uh, movies were like, you know, live, die, repeat, do the
1: same thing. A little bit of lockdown feels like one of those movies, but not nearly as exciting. Exactly. But today's more exciting. I'm very excited to be here. Right, I love listening to podcasts, but this is my podcasting debut. So happy to be on one.
0: Oh, we're so glad that you're here. And just uh, for everybody listening, Joe, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how long you've been a part of the Canvas community?
1: So I am still technically a PhD student uh, in philosophy. I just passed my Viva, so I'm almost not a student Um, and I'll be a doctor in a few months, but not yet. I'm still a student, Um, but I've been in Nottingham um, since 2011, um, a student in Nottingham since 2011, and I've been a part of Canvas for just over three years now. So. becoming a bit of a veteran (laughs)
0: yeah you you have been a great part of the canvas community and we'll get a bit into your story about how you came a part of the canvas community but where did you grow up joe and like how did you even end up in nottingham in the first place
1: so i grew up in northampton um which is where i am now um i moved to nottingham in 2011 when i became moved to university. I I mean it's funny I think people might think of me as a, as as an academic um but when <laughs> I but when I moved to university I I didn't really think about the course too much um I didn't research the course at all really it sounds ridiculous um so I I did a French and philosophy degree and Um, To me, going to the the academic side of university was just a given, right? I just assumed, you know, I was going to go to university. I was going to do okay, I was going to get a good degree and I was going to move on. So I didn't really think about that. I just thought about the uh, like the social side of university. Right. How am I going to make friends? Are there societies to go to? What's my life going to be like there? Um, So I moved to Nottingham without knowing anything about like their philosophy course, really, their French course. Um, I I, I signed up to do a French degree pretty much just thinking it was going to be like, a level French, like an extension of A level French, and I was just going to learn to speak French really well. I didn't know that most of the course was like French literature and French society and politics and history, which I wasn't interested in. I just wanted to learn to speak French really well, and I signed up to do this degree without even knowing um, what it was. So, um, basically, I, I chose Nottingham because I went on an open day, um, and I really liked the campus. It was really green and beautiful, and I thought that's the place for me. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't choose the uni for anything academic. So how did, like, even the University of Nottingham get in
0: on your radar, considering the courses weren't why you chose Nottingham?
1: You know, I can't even remember, like, how I how I chose my top five choices. You know, I, I just I just chose some Russell Group Russell Group Unis that I thought you know, would be good. Um, Nottingham. I mean, my dad has a friend in Nottingham who, who worked for the uni at the time. Um, so I think that kind of put it in my head a little bit. Um, but other than that, I just remember it's one of the good unis that did French and philosophy, right? They don't all have that specific course, Nottingham did. So I put that as one of my five and then I went to see it and it was really nice and that was it. But I don't remember anything um, more specific than that, which which sounds terrible. And it is terrible, really, to sign up to do a degree um, that you don't know anything about. But um, Oh, but yeah.
0: no, that's not terrible at all. I mean, we all choose unis uh, for different reasons. I just think that it's absolutely great because I knew Joe for at least a year to two years before i even knew about his french history and like oh that he actually is fluent in french or borderline fluent and um his passion for the language and so it's just a different side of you i didn't know about
1: yeah absolutely i think um the philosophy side of me really comes through unfortunately the french is a little bit rusty now but i used to be really into it that's true
0: That's great, Joe. Um, So how was your first few years at university way back in 2011?
1: That's when you started the journey? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So actually, my my first term at uni was absolutely brilliant. One of the best times of my life. Um, I made loads of friends. I moved into an undergraduate um, campus hall and I loved it. I made loads of friends straight away. Um, we used to have loads of philosophical debates, which obviously was, was perfect for me. I remember my friend, I was getting into bed one night and my friend texted me saying, we're having a debate. Come, come and join us. It's like, this is this is just perfect. Um, and we used to play loads of games together. It was a really great time. Um, and then at the start of my second term, uh, my friendship group kind of broke into Um without any kind of real explanation for what happened. um, In my first term, I made a really good friend who I thought was my BFF. um, And she stopped talking to me, really, for no apparent reason. And, um, like, my other friends just kind of, as I say, we just kind of broke into two different groups. They started doing, they started watching The O.C. together, which, you know, we didn't want to watch. I mean, it's just a terrible show, right? So um, that kind of broke us apart. Um, And it was horrible, you know, because... um, I just couldn't, it was really difficult to process, the, you know, how my life had suddenly gone downhill so quickly, right? This was my my first term at uni, was my first real experience of independent adult life. And it was amazing, right? So in the back of my mind, I was probably thinking, wow, adult adult life is just r- brilliant, you know, and really easy. And you can make <laughs> friends so easily. And everyone wants to debate philosophy with you all the time. And this is just wonderful. And then it just went downhill, you know, um, and I I really struggled to process my my friend's my friendship group being divided. I, I, struggled to process, um, Sarah not talking to me anymore with no, with no explanation. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that was, that was really hard. And I think that, um, kind of affected me quite badly. Right. So I felt really depressed about what had happened. I, I really struggled with the fact that I didn't know what had happened. I was like, you know, have, have I done something? Um, has someone else done something? What, why has this happened? And, um, I think that that kind of probably at least for the next 18 months that I like, I felt really stung by that. So, you know, I started feeling more isolated um, and because I had had this bad experience of making friends, but then them suddenly leaving me really quickly. Um, I think that kind of put me off going out into the world and trying to make more friends. Um, so, yeah, I think it started, my unique experience started really great. And then, um, you know, I, I went through quite a difficult periods. Yeah. Um, the second half of first year and second year were a lot harder and more difficult and isolating. Exactly. Yeah. And so then my third year I went because I was studying French. I, I had to do a, a year abroad. Um, so I did a year in France. And I would say that I again, like I didn't go into my year abroad with a particularly healthy mindset because I think I was still struggling, you know. Um, and it's, it's frustrating to look back on that. I was so badly affected um by this, by this one kind of um thing that had happened, right? My my friend, my friendship group being divided. Um and I think I went into my year abroad still kind of feeling stung by that and still feeling like, oh wow, you know, I I I I feel nervous about going out and making friends because, you know, the same thing might happen again, or I've just I've just had a bad experience with it, right? And that kind of puts you off. And a year abroad is tough anyway um if you if you're not particularly comfortable with the language at first it's difficult to get out there and, and make friends you know you feel nervous and i did my best but i think i felt put off by what by what happened just because I, I just didn't feel my happiest generally um, and so my year abroad was was tough for, for large periods of it i mean it was i also had some great times on it but generally it was difficult because i did become isolated i made some really good friends at the end um at the end of my year but at the start, it was it was difficult. Um,
0: so, like, the first few months at uni, the first, like, three to four months, everything's swimming high, and then things start to fall apart after the first year, and for the next, like, two and a half years, you're sort of struggling with the repercussions of that first semester of uni friendships breaking apart. So how did, like, what ended up changing in your life? Like, how did you start to sort of get out of this self-doubting hole, like where you said when you were uh, in France, you were like, oh, I don't know, I don't really wanna make friends because what happens if I lose them again?
1: Yeah, I would say that, um, so the, the first time that that happens um, was I then, at the end of my year abroad, I moved back into my hall from first year, right? So I actually, cause I loved my room in first year. So I could, you can request a specific room. So I requested <laughs> to go back into my into that same room. Um, and, you know, probably I was trying to recreate my first term, right? I wanted to go back there. I thought, you know, if I go back into this hall, um, I'll make new friends again. And I can kind of have another shot at my first year. And that kind of worked. I mean, I made a lot of friends again. Um, I met a girl. I started to feel a lot happier. Um, and I would say like the next, I mean, that was like a better couple of years of my life. Certainly been a lot a lot better than the the couple of years previous to that. Um but then in uh, early 2017, I'd become, I become—I broke up with my girlfriend. i would become very socially isolated and I felt very unhappy. And I remember um, just going for a walk on, on campus at nighttime and just kind of reflecting on my situation and how, how alone I felt, how depressed I felt. And sort of thinking, you know, I've been at uni for quite a long time now and, and this is where I've, I've ended up um you know feeling this isolated but i in a way i kind of that that was a key moment for me because i thought right i'm so unhappy and i can see that i'm so unhappy that this is the push that i need to make my life better right i have to do something to make this better i can't just see out the rest of my time at uni feeling this low feeling this isolated i have to go and do something um and that, so that was the moment where it clicked for me. You know, it, you, sometimes like, you, know, you need to reach rock bottom to, to know what you, what you need to do to pick yourself back up. Um, so that was the moment I said, right, I'm going go to go out there, I'm going to you know, join a society, do something like that, go and meet people, make my life better. I have to find something better. And so um, I'd known for a while about a society called Hide and Sock, uh, which is a children's games society, um, not just Hide and Seek lots of children's games. And I I thought this society will be, will be great for me because you know, I love playing games. Um, and I thought, right, I don't want to, I didn't want to join the society at the end of that year. Right? So this is kind of March, 2017. I thought I'd rather wait until the start of the next year when there are lots of other new people as well. Um, so then the start of the next year comes and I I joined Heinsock and I loved it straight away. I fell in love with it first time there. um, it was just really fun. I made lots of friends straight away. Um, and I thought, you know, why have I not been going to this for years? It was kind of frustrating. I felt annoyed with myself. I hadn't been before, but more than anything, I felt really happy that I'd found this, the society straight away that I really loved. Um, and so there, I met a girl called Becky, who I got on really well with. Um, and after a few weeks, she invited me to, uh, this other event called canvas. She said, um, oh, there's this event that people go to where you can uh, get free food. Um, so I thought, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm obviously gonna go to that. And um, so I went along, uh, I, I don't remember that much about my first time at Canvas. I, I remember being asked a strange question upon my arrival about like, what was my favorite alien or something like that. Um, and I, I think I remember talking to uh, to Matt, one of the staff members there, but I don't remember too much, um, too much about my first time uh, there. But I, I kept coming back. Um, and started to started to really enjoy it. So I I, I would say, I, I think what's kind of notable about my experience was how low I had had to start feeling to to feel the push to go out and find something better. You know, in the end, I I went to Heidenstock and ended up going to Canvas because I had felt so low before and felt mm-hmm. like right, this is the moment I have to go and find something better.
0: So as you started to develop, uh relationships at canvas and meet more and more people over those coming weeks how did you find canvas at first
1: so i have to admit that i i don't think that i um started loving canvas as much as i do now right away you know i think it was a process for me um you know um I mean, for example, like I know you did an event, Canvas did an event when I started joining um, called uh, Roundtable on a Thursday. And I, I'd heard of this event, but I never even dreamed of going, right? It, it just wasn't a thing that I w- would occur to me. In fact, I would have felt nervous going because I would have felt like I didn't know people enough to go. Um, so I think that shows that I hadn't really become fully integrated. Um, and I think, you know, that was to some extent because of other difficult things that were going on in my life at the time. Um, it just took me a while to really throw myself into it you know sometimes you need a little bit of time to kind of to adjust to get used to um being in a a new place and so I would say that sort of my first year or so I I didn't really throw myself into canvas as much as I could have done um and I would say at the end of my first year at canvas uh we all moved into the canvas house right and I would say that that was um yeah I, I would say that that was of a turning point because um you know there you could just go and feel comfortable and you know have cups of tea and have biscuits and just feel at home right it's a house it's a home um so i would say that that was a big turning point for me and then from the next academic year so uh 2018 we're talking now i I would say i started to sort of really integrate more make better friends and just really kind of i think it's a mindset thing right it's you know wow like it's it's time for 7-eleven and this is one of the best things in my week. And I'm going to, I'm going to have that mindset and I'm going to really enjoy it. Right. It's not just another thing that I go to. Um, it's like, it's something to really savor. Um, so I would say when I had that mindset and I thought, look, you know, I really, I love the people at Canvas and I want to spend time with them and I want to enjoy spending time with them and make the most of it. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, so Canvas, like, as you said, it was like the community
0: aspect of Canvas that really drew you in on the first aspect, Um, but Canvas is a place where we just want anybody to belong uh, and be able to be themselves and really make friends and have a community, and we also provide a space for students to explore questions of life and faith and what all of those things mean to their lives today. So how did you find like some of the faith elements of Canvas? You said originally you didn't go to our faith element roundtable during your first year. But how about like in your second year at Canvas?
1: Yeah, so I think it's worth just giving a bit of background um, about me and faith. Right. So, I mean, certainly before I joined Canvas, um, I'd never had any real experience with faith at all. I mean, I would I would describe myself as a very close minded atheist. Um, for most of my life um, I mean I had a I had a Christian friend in first year um, and I mean to the extent of my interest in Christianity really was how comprehensively can I beat Christians in arguments um, you know how how um, obvious can I make it that their view is wrong and so I had a Christian friend in first year I used to love arguing with him all the time like for example I remember walking with him in the rain one time And I I said to him, you know, look, why, why does God, why doesn't God just kind of, you know, give us all the benefits of rain without like letting it rain on on us in a way that's unpleasant. You know, why can't God just like make rain completely efficient? You know, it, it rains on everything it needs to and not on us. Why can't God sort things out perfectly, you know, because to me, just walking with my friend in the rain, that was an opportunity to question him more about his belief in God. You know, that's kind of how I saw our friendship, you know, was like, here's this Christian that I can, that I can ask all these questions of and learn more about, um, learn more about his faith, but not in a kind of open-minded sense, right? More in a just kind of how much can I challenge him? Can I eventually get him to make concessions, you know? Um, so I was not like, I was not an open-minded person, I would say. Um, now I had, I'd gone through a period I, Sort of late 2015 I think where I became very depressed about death very afraid of death very um just very sad about death right just it just you know it really hit me like you know oh my god this, the, the, the the um eternal nothingness of it right really um really scared me and so I would say that like maybe there was some kind of um interest then in kind of well you know is there any plausibility to the view that Death is not the end, right? Um, That was a significant change, I think, for me, because when I was arguing with my Christian friend in first year, I wanted to be right. You know, I wanted atheism to be right. I wanted Christianity to be wrong. I wanted to win the argument. And I would say when I started, when I went through my my phase of of thinking about death a lot, it's not that I, I suddenly thought Christianity is true, but it's that I thought. I want Christianity to be true. or I want some other religion to be true. I don't want atheism to be true. I don't care about being right. I've always been an atheist, but I don't care if I don't, I don't care about being right about that. I would rather be wrong so that death is not the end. So I would say that when I went to canvas, I I'd at least been open. I would taken that first step to being open-minded, right? That's, that's, I think, you know, we always want to be right. And I think one important step to take is to say, actually, it doesn't matter if I'm right. If I've been right about this, I would rather that these, you know, great things that um, people are telling me are true are true. That's more important to me than being right. So that was kind of the first step. Nevertheless, I certainly wasn't open-minded when I joined Christianity, joined Canvas about Christianity being true, right? I mean, I still thought it was definitely definitely wrong. Um, as I say, like I, I didn't go to Roundtable. Then I began the Dab talks. Um, so that's like a short faith-based talk. Um, there was no discussion at first about them, but I, I used to—I really enjoyed listening to those talks. But again, I wasn't kind of thinking, "I'm going to listen to this because it might be true." I mean, really, I was listening to it to think, you know, what can I criticize about it when I <laughs> it? talk to the person doing it? So, and and then. Um, you started having discussions after the talk, right? And that was perfect for me because I thought now I can go down and tell them why they're wrong. Um, so now I can listen to the talk and, you know, make a mental note of everything that I can disagree with. And I used to love going downstairs in our little discussions and explaining to you guys what was wrong with what you said. Not, you know, not too badly. I mean, I was, I was still nice about it. I would like to think, but you know, that was kind of my mindset, right? I w I can't say that I was open-minded about it. Um, and I used to see a lot of value in the things that you would say, but nevertheless, when you link it to faith, I thought, you know there's going to be something wrong. Um, what how can I put mm-hmm. that on? Um, so, so yeah, I mean certainly, I didn't start off being open-minded at all, I have to admit and that's really
0: great to hear because like we definitely want people from wherever they are to just be honest with like. You think this is a pile of crap? I'm going to tell you why it's a pile of crap, but like we want to have authentic conversations and really respect where each other's coming from. And I remember those conversations with you because like you would ask some of the best questions, but you would also like allow other people to talk. So you really wanted to get into dialogue and hear other people's thoughts and opinions on things. It wasn't just like, let me talk the entire time. But I, I've did you stay in this place of like, um i guess intentionally trying to point out exactly what was wrong with the talks or did you did your journey with this idea of like understanding the christian faith develop or change along the way
1: i would say that um it's i mean it didn't change at first like i went to a lot of these talks and kept feeling a a closed-minded um i mean i would say that you know, I, I was at least open minded to the extent of, you know, well, look, if someone could persuade me otherwise, then I would be happy to listen. Right. That was an importance because I think some people don't even have that in their heads. Right. They just mm-hmm. they want to be right. Um, so I would say I was, you know, I, I was at least prepared for anything that could change my mind, but I didn't see anything to change my mind. Um, I mean, really, that changed when my friend Claire invited me to go to church with her Um So this is sort of late 2019. Um, she had recently given a talk at canvas weekend away about her experience getting into faith. Um, she had talked about feeling very unhappy and how going to church, um, finding faith really changed, transformed her life. Um, and you know, that's really uh, inspiring to hear. And I thought, you know, because she talked about being closed minded as well. And I thought, you know, well, if, if she can do it, I, I'm probably not going to have the same experience, but it's at least worth trying, right? So when she invited me to go to church, I thought I'm, I'm going to at least, I'm going to at least go um, and, and see what it's like. And I kind of accepted, you know, it's just a, a social thing where right? she invited me to go. Um, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll just go with her and, and see what it's like. um, But then I thought to myself, Right. What am I going to what am I going to get out of this? You know, because if I if I go and I'm just kind of have a mindset of closed minded atheist, then I'm not going to enjoy it. Right. There's no you know, I'm not going to get much out of it if I just sit, sit in church and think this is really boring and stupid. And, you know, I'm going to tell all the Christians here why they're wrong. Right. I, I, you know, and I don't want to be that guy. That's not really why people go to church. I mean, some people might like that, but you know, probably they don't want me there to telling them why they're wrong. So I thought, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I want, to, I want to go there and be open and be friendly and, you know, and try and try and do it. Right. When we get time to pray, try and pray. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to believe that I'm talking to God when I pray, but at least at least try, you know, and see what happens. And also, I just thought, you know, um, look, this is this is something that a lot of people on this planet believe um, it might be true. Right. I don't think it is true. I've spent my entire life believing that it's that it's false. But it, you know it could be true. I, we don't know everything. Um we don't know everything about how the how the universe began. So you you know we should be we should have epistemic modesty as we say, you know, not be a know-it-all. Um consider the possibility that we might be wrong. So I I thought you know at least once in my life I want to see um and also when Christians talk you know they often talk about kind of you know God wants to have a relationship with you um you just have to let him and when when you hear that language you know, you kind of feel guilty about you know well I, I don't want to like you know close him off right if he wants to have a relationship with me then i want I want to let him um I want to at least try so I, I I really made a decision before I went to church that that one time um that first time to to be as open as I could be you know? and I thought look i'm I'm very unlikely to go away believing in god but at the very least i'll enjoy it right it'll be an enjoyable evening um and i'll have been a small part of christianity for one evening at least and just see how that goes um so i went there i I tried to be as open as i could and i really really enjoyed it um everybody was really friendly to me which i was expecting um but it was still like how you know they seemed so happy for me to be there as a new person and when I said, you know, I'm an atheist, but I, I'm being as open as I can be, they seem to really appreciate that. Um, I really enjoyed, There was a talk on. Uh, I remember the speaker sort of started talking about this philosophical topic about kind of what made, what made, what makes a good life. Um I thought, wow, you know, I didn't expect there to be this kind of philosophical talk in church. Um, if it's like this every week, I'm going to love it. Um, and i really enjoyed the uh the worship music and um a girl there prayed for me i you know I, I she said is there anything i can pray for you and i said can you can you pray for me to find god and she prayed for me and it was amazing to hear you know the way that she you know she's like um god you know your your son is here please come be with him um you know he uh, god loves you you know all this stuff and it was it was amazing to hear and um really moving so I had a, I had a great time that night and I thought I definitely want to come back. I, I absolutely didn't go away from church that one time thinking, right. I, I definitely believe in God now. Um, you know, I, but, but when, when, um, the girl was praying for me, you know, it, it, it's an amazing feeling. Now the question for me at the time was, you know, how am I meant to interpret that feeling? I mean, you know, of course I would feel like that. Um, that doesn't mean that it's God talking to me. Um, It could just be me talking to myself. It could be adrenaline, whatever. Nevertheless, I think that that was a good starting point because I hadn't gone in there and felt miserable the whole time and thought this is a load of rubbish. I'd gone in, been open and felt something. I don't know how to interpret that feeling. I still don't know how to interpret that feeling, but I felt something. And I think that that was a good, a good starting point.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible story. Uh, And i I'm super encouraged by that story in so many ways, but something I really want to point out is just your willingness to try, even if you didn't like believe and just like be like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Because I I know with myself, I can be so close minded. I'm, Oh, this won't work. Like, or like, Oh, what, why would I do that? That's just a waste of time. But like, instead you're almost the change in your mindset to this, like, Oh, like, what's the worst thing that can happen if I attempt to see if this
1: is really true? Yeah, exactly. And not just that, but you know, what's the best that can happen? Um, I'd always thought, you know, look, if, if there is a God, then I want to experience him. You know um, if, if there is a God and I I miss out on him um, because I never open my mind to him, if I never try and, um, and find new evidence for him, never, never explore, to me that I would just find that like there was something sad about that, that I was not opening my mind to this new possibility, you know, um, Christians in in my life, they'd always just seemed really happy because they had, they had this thing to believe in. Um, they had this kind of new meaning to their life. And I just thought, you know, I would love that as well. I, you know, I would love to feel like death isn't the end. I would love to feel like there's something more. I would love to feel like there's some kind of further meaning to existence, you know, um, so I want to at least try that. Um, and yeah, I wasn't optimistic, but I at least have that, that starting point, uh, you know, again, it's not that I went in there thinking there's some truth in this, but I thought I, I at least want there to be some truth in that. And I think that's the first step because once you want to change your mind, you'll be more open to changing your mind. Mm, I think that's really great.
0: Um, so. You went to church for the first time at the end of 2019. Uh, how has your mindset developed in the 15 or 16 months since then towards the idea of God and Jesus and what Christians generally say we believe in?
1: Yeah, so I, I kept I kept going to church, um, kept really enjoying it. And after a few weeks, I joined a, a home group with Ashley, who used to work for, for Canvas. Um, and I, you know, I thought because people were talking to me about home groups and saying, you know, if you considered joining one, um, and I thought it sounds fun. So that's where we we go and, and read some of the Bible and pray together. Um, and I, I went along to it and I really enjoyed it because, to me, reading the Bible together and discussing what we'd read was really important because that was a way of trying to understand Christianity and understand God more. You know, one thing that I'd often found frustrating, like when I when I'd been arguing with my Christian friend in first year, was that often the the conversation would end with, um, you know, we just don't really understand, but you know, I believe it anyway. And to me, you know, as a philosopher, I that's really frustrating. I want to understand everything. I wanna I wanna know everything that I can know. And um so this was the opposite, you know, this wasn't we don't understand this. This was look. Here is this book that is here to help us understand God more. Um, and so, you know, for for the other people in the home group, maybe that's more. You know, I already believe this. I want to understand this thing that I believe in more. And for me, partly, it's you know, should I believe this? Right? Is this God that we're reading about a God that I should believe in? But at least that was that was important for me because. It was an attempt to try to understand things further. That was really important for me. So I, I started to really enjoy that. I really enjoyed praying together. Um, I guess a really, really moving feeling when you pray, pray in a group. Um, and when I started, you know, that was kind of my first experience of, of praying in front of people. Um, and you have these, you know, experienced Christians who who know loads about the Bible. Um, you know, experts like the home group leaders. And they're kind of, you know, reinforcing parts of my prayer. You know, I, I pray something and they kind of, you know, agree with that bit of the prayer. And that's really encouraging. It makes you feel like yeah, it makes you feel like you're doing something right, in a sense, you know, and it, and it encourages you. So um, I, I really enjoyed that. Unfortunately, of course, all this stuff got um, got shut off. All this in-person church and um, home group stuff got um, shut down um, pretty soon afterwards. But I I'd really enjoyed that when I'd done it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, now, unfortunately for, you know, for a year, it's been, it's been difficult to, to maintain this kind of kind of stuff because I'm, I have lost the in-person elements to it. And I think that that was important to me, you know, as I say, praying together, um, in-person was really important. So that's been a shame. Um. But now we, you know, we've started our uh, Canvas Biblical Practices group, um, which we've done one one session of, and I really enjoyed that. So I want to I want to keep keep doing it, you know, and keep keep exploring. I, I can't say that I have, you know, definitely decided that I believe in God. That's that wasn't my experience. Um, but I want to just stay as open as I can be and keep exploring. And it might be that I never reach that point of, of of believing it. But at least if even if that happens, at least I've tried. And I think I'll have fun along the way and um so I think that's that's my that's my message really that I just want to keep being as open as possible, and as you say, you know what's the worst that can happen well, it's that it'll be it'll be fun trying
0: mm-hmm. and final question, Joe uh for anybody who's exploring a bit more or just curious about life and faith, do you have any advice for them
1: um yeah, so I think. I think an important point is to just try and be as open as possible to new ideas. Because um, I think it's really easy to get stuck seeing the world in one way, um, being closed off to new possibilities. Um, and that can be new intellectual ideas or new possible ways of living your life. You, know, you can just take for granted that you, you, know, you live in this place and you do this job, you do this thing, this is your life. And I think for me, I've learned how that can be really dangerous because you can get stuck doing something that isn't right for you and you can get stuck doing something that you're not happy with. Um, so for me, you know, I was to say I was an extremely strong atheist, I would say, for a long time. But I, I just wanted to at least consider that I might be wrong about that and try and explore that possibility. So even if, if people are open to doing that, that's great. But Even if not, I think just be be open to um, to new ways that you could make your life better. You know, when I this whole I I joined Canvas because I first joined Heidensock, and that was a new um, a new thing that I decided to do. That was kind of you know kind of scary joining a new society. Um, I hadn't been in a society for a long time. I had my life that I was used to, and I just decided to try something new and be open to that. So. I feel like my experience the whole way through is just kind of been to me a lesson in the value of of being open to new and new possibilities, because if you're open, then the new possibilities might not work out. But that's fine. You've tried, you know, and then you can move on to something else. Whereas if you stay closed off, there's a risk that the thing you stay closed off in isn't isn't best for you and then you miss out on something.
0: I think that's great wisdom. It's something very true to me because I know I can get very regimented and like, oh, focus and tunnel vision, like this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And then miss the creative possibilities of newness that other people can bring into my life because I'm not always open to change and to exploring different ways of thinking or different ways of being.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it's, it's so helpful to just kind of can open yourself up to those to those new possibilities. I mean, Joe, this has been
0: fantastic. I've really enjoyed listening to you. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Um, to finish up, though, I have a couple rapid-fire questions for you that we ask all of our guests. Okay, Are you I'm ready? ready?
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: Okay, fill in
1: the blank here. Community is... Okay, Mar, so you know how dangerous it is to ask philosophers to define these kind of terms, right? I mean, so, so I mean, I suppose community, this is meant to be the end of the podcast, right? Not, not the start of me going off a long answer. Um, community is a shared feeling of social connection. I mean, that's kind of boring. That's a boring answer. So, I mean, here's, here's what I'll say. A lot of people have said, um, when you've asked them this question, Community is a place where you can feel loved for who you are. And I think that's great. That's true. I also like to think that community is a place where you feel missed when you're not there um, and valued and loved even when you're not there, right? So if, if you go to, to a place and everyone loves you when, they're, when you're there, but then when you go, nobody ever thinks about you again. I think like, there's something kind of sad about that, right? It's, it's great that they love you when you're there, but it'd be kind of nice if they if missed you a little bit when you're gone. Um, So, yeah, I would like to think community is a place when you're valued, not just when you're there, but also when you're not there.
0: Great answer. Number two,
1: favourite takeaway. Favourite takeaway, Chinese. Um, Indian is best for eating out, but Chinese takeaway. Although, having said that, um, I do love Chinese buffets. I don't know whether buffets will ever be a thing again. Um, (laughs) But I when I when I used to go to Chinese buffets, I used to go into training for the whole day, right? Because obviously the, the game of buffets is to fit in as much as possible. So I would so the secret is, you know, you've got to keep your stomach active throughout the obviously you don't want to fit it up, but you've got to keep it active so that it doesn't shrink. So what I did was sip water throughout the day. I read that, that was that was the way to prepare. Um, so I took I took Chinese buffets very seriously.
0: <laughs> you need to coach us, Joe, on how to uh, eat right yeah Uh, so number three what is something you've binged recently it could be a book it could be a tv show it could be a podcast even you mentioned that earlier
1: um so i've been watching a lot of 30 rock which is a, a sitcom starring tina fey and alec baldwin um i've also been watching a lot of uh youtube among us videos um this guy socks for one who um, has like these modded videos right so it's like among us but the imposter is a terminator and can walk through walls and uh transform and all this kind of stuff so i've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of those videos
0: uh in the midst of COVID, what is something you're grateful for
1: um first of all uh vaccines because i mean imagine Imagine if, you know, we were just in this situation, but without vaccines. I mean, when when this first started, people said maybe 18 months for a vaccine. Uh, You know, that would be really sad um, if that were true. So I'm very glad about that. Second of all, family. Um, My dad is living in Wales at the moment, so I can't see him regularly. Um, But we're staying connected. We're playing family among us games, um, which is a, a lot of fun. So grateful to have them.
0: And finally, a would-you-rather question to end us. Okay. Joe, would you rather
1: be covered in fur or be covered in scales? Uh, I mean, fur, that sounds, but I mean, the scale thing sounds kind of disgusting. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to be kept warm by the fur. Um Yeah. The thought of being covered in scales doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. Um, I, I, I don't know whether, you know, getting too hot is going to be a problem, but I, I, want, to be, I want to be cuddly, so I'm going to get with fur.
0: Sounds good, Joe. Uh, and thank you, uh, the listener, for joining us today for the UniLife podcast. Uh, please join us for the podcast discussion on Monday, February 14th, and hopefully Joe will be there with us. Uh, it, as a part of the discussion if you have any questions or thoughts. Uh, again, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Canvas Nottingham, and we would love to meet you if you aren't a part of our community, and if you're um, a part of the Canvas community, thanks for joining us. Goodbye! Bye!